Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The early line. Line up! Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 19th. I am Jared Smith in for Joe Ranieri this morning on the morning line, the early line. Wow. You know, that's yeah. it's already already off to a great start. Dane Martinez joining me as well. Uh, you know, all the all the name changes here at the networks throwing me off a little bit, Dane, but I, I guess I'll just throw it to you early. Okay, How you doing man. this morning? I'm doing well. It's 7 a.m. and we're mm. about to make some cash, Jared. That, to be honest, you know what's hysterical? We talk about our ads. They have like if you have a gambling problem, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, if you're here at seven o'clock in the morning thinking about how like the Big East line moved overnight, yeah, you are in the right place on Sports Grid. That's what we do. We help you win your leagues and win that cash, Jared. Let's go, Vamos. All right, it is the early line. It is not the morning line. That's the morning after. That's coming later. Joe Ranieri, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he got lost somewhere on the way home from South Beach last night. So, yeah, yeah, he got he, he got locked in. Uh, somebody go check on Joe. So I got the call. It's actually for the rest of the week. It's me and you, Dane. So we're gonna have some fun Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, we next week. You're going to be in for oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're like an honorary member of Damn. the early line, brother man. Well, this is a fun show. This is a fun show because we kind of get to look back at what happened last night, and then we get to tie it all in to what it means today. And and we start uh, really with the only big action uh, of the night last night, and that was on the college basketball hardwood. And let's start at the top. Baylor continues to roll. 23rd straight win. They went in to Norman, and they played one of their better defensive games of the year, especially in the first half. They held the Sooners to 24 points in the first half. They grinded down the game in the second half. Uh, they won by 11. They covered the number. Baylor in the under, 65-54 last night. Your thoughts on the Bears as they continue just to set the pace as the top team in the country? You know, Jared, and you know we haven't talked about this that much. I I struggle to believe in them. Sure, I me too. do, Dan. I still do, Jared. You know, it's uh, for me, and you'll get my thoughts on this entire college basketball season, probably on the other side of the break. But um, this is a year where all the blue bloods are down, right? There may be only like three or four ACC teams in. We're talking about the Big East as a solid uh, conference. The Big Ten may get 11 teams in. I'm going to use this as the year to actually cast my lot with one of the mid-majors, one of the also-rans. I'm going to think Gonzaga or Dayton or San Diego State actually gets through. And for that to happen, Baylor's going to have to slip up. Yeah, we're going to talk about my criteria for how we cap these teams in March. San Diego State, surprisingly, at the top of a list you would not expect. Uh, we're going to get back into more college hoops. Penn State got upset last night. My Nittany Lions did not have a great night. Uh, but first, let's get an update with Dan Strapp. Take it away. Sports Grid News Update. It looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers will start the post-All-Star break schedule with a new head coach. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Cavaliers and John Bayline will part ways with J.B. Bickerstaff Jr. being promoted to the top position. Bayline, 67 years old, is expected to say goodbye to staff and players late Wednesday afternoon when they return from the All-Star break. Wojnarowski is reporting Bayline and the Cavs negotiated a financial settlement that will pay him a portion of the remaining money. 
on his 2019-2020 contract. Wojnarowski also reporting on Tuesday that after agreeing to a contract buyout with the Detroit Pistons, guard Reggie Jackson plans to sign with the LA Clippers upon clearing waivers. Nets guard Kyrie Irving aggravated the right shoulder injury that caused him to miss 26 games earlier this season. He's scheduled to meet with another shoulder specialist. In the NFL, the Seahawks have signed tight end Greg Olson, formerly of the Panthers, to a one-year $7 million contract. Per pro football talks Mike Florio, the deal includes $5.5 million in guarantees. Drew Brees announced via his Instagram that he will return with the Saints in 2020. In baseball, Trey Turner confirmed Tuesday that he has spoken to Nationals manager Davey Martinez about moving from the leadoff spot to the number three spot in the lineup. The Nats will work Victor Robles at the top of the lineup in spring with the hopes he can secure the leadoff spot, making Turner available at the three. Aaron Judge was held out of batting practice on Tuesday for what is being termed as, quote, maintenance on his right shoulder. Yankees manager Aaron Boone described the shoulder as, quote, cranky. Astros pitching coach Brett Strom said Tuesday that Josh James has looked, quote, very impressive so far in his bid to get that final spot in the club's starting rotation. And some good news for some minor leaguers, the Chicago Cubs and San Francisco Giants are pushing ahead with pay raises for minor league players this season, days after Major League Baseball mandated salary bumps beginning in 2021. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thank you, Dan. Go back to the early line. We're recapping the college basketball games from last night. Jarrett Smith, Dane Martinez here on this Wednesday morning. Uh, Dane, let's head over to Happy Valley where it was not a happy. It was not a happy Valley last night. I was very sad. I stress ate about half a bag of pretzels uh, and half a box of Girl Scout cookies during this game because it just was one of those games you just knew from the start Penn State was in a dogfight. Ayo Desumu. That's a name you should know because he just absolutely dominated the Nittany Lions off the dribble last night. He had a big game, 24 points. Illinois beats Penn State. They went on the road as an outright pooch. Six and a half point dogs. They closed at five and a half and they went outright 62-56. Penn State, their highest ranking in school history and it obviously is not going to last very long. No, it's not going to last very long. I mean, maybe, and this, Jared, this goes against everything we have been saying Mm. here on the early line. We have been talking about how hard it is to win on the road in the Big Ten. Right, and then what do the Illini do? Go into Happy Valley against Penn State and get it done. You mentioned that their highest ranking. Maybe they were smelling themselves a little bit, yeah. Jared. But for me, what it comes down to is Stevens. You know, usually solid for them. Only three for eleven mm. from the field. Only thirteen points. I think that was where they come up came up short last night. Yeah, and they didn't shoot it well from three. And you know, it was funny right. because. When Four I watch, I know it was bad when I when I watch and, and you've got to give credit to Illinois. Brad Underwood, people don't know and people who should uh, take it, take take notice of Brad Underwood. This is the coach at Stephen F. Austin that, that you know, won that game in the tournament a couple years ago and, and really made right. some noise with the Lumberjacks. And now he's at Illinois. And, and this is a really dangerous Illinois team. They've battled some injuries and the Big Ten, which we've talked about, is very wide open. The other team that played last night that's right. going to probably win the league is Maryland. And Maryland struggle with Northwestern, and I think Maryland has their holes as well. I still think that Big Ten tournament in a couple of weeks in Indianapolis, Dane, it's up for grabs. Michigan State, Michigan, the Blue Bloods, they still have a chance, I think, to win that conference tournament just because of how wide open the league is this year. Ohio State starting yeah, to play better sure. again. They were a top 10 team at the beginning of the season. You're absolutely right, Jared. I mean, this has been a gauntlet. I guess 
My question back for you is, do you think it's ultimately a good thing for those teams when they then advance to March? You know, iron sharpens iron, right, Jared? Yeah. You know, so if you're looking at it on FanDuel, you can get bets on the conference to win the championship. The good now, the bet right now. Right, so the Big 12 is the favorite right now. You got Baylor and mm-hmm. Kansas, right? And that's you know, ex- and that's fair. That, that's fair. So, but what about when you have 10 or 11 teams exactly. in the Big 10? Would you take the quantity or the quality, Jared? It Well, you know, it goes back to how we feel about Baylor and Kansas. And ironically right. enough, we're going to get a really good glimpse of it on Saturday when they face each other. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about you know, how good is, ba- like, is Baylor a fraudulent number one seed? I think I would lean yes. I would lean yes. Okay. Uh, but we just don't know yet because when they have played up in competition, they've won. They beat Kansas the last time that, they played them. So, you know. You would say that, but then they just keep on winning. Yeah. So it'll be very curious. This Saturday's game between Baylor and Kansas, I think, is going to be the most important game of the year in terms of, all right, is Baylor for real? Can they beat Kansas again and really make a name for themselves and really establish themselves as that top team in the nation? I think Gonzaga and San Diego State are locks to be number one seeds based on their full body of work from the regular season and what they have in front of them, which is not much. You know, it would be a major upset for one of those. Those teams are all going to be favored by basically oh, yeah. double digits the rest of the way, maybe with the exception of the conference championship game uh, in a few weeks. Uh, but the other two number one seeds, it could be both Baylor and Kansas. We could see Duke kind of elevate themselves over the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Maybe Dayton sneaks in and, and, and takes advantage of, of a great season. Wins that Big Ten championship would have, would have enough sure. wins, would be hot enough. You would take a Big Ten champ over an ACC champ or over, over a Duke, right? I would take. Like, let's say Maryland does yeah. the route. If win, Maryland runs out. the table, I think they. If Maryland runs the table, and either Baylor or Kansas falter, like, like say, I, I actually think Kansas is the better team in terms of like their their pedigree yeah. and and and, right. and their top to bottom, yeah. uh, well, you know, roster. Yeah. Say, say Kansas runs the table and Maryland runs the table. I think it's fair that those are your four number one seeds: they, uh, San Diego State, Gonzaga, Maryland, and Kansas. Uh, Baylor obviously could be the team that disrupts that. The odds right now are favoring Baylor. I'm seeing Baylor as as a as a one to two, one to three favorite to be a one seed, and I think that's wrong. I think Kansas getting plus money to be a one seed has some has some value. Yeah, because they, they their path is so clear, right? All they got to do is beat Baylor, um, probably mostly in the Big 12 tournament, even more than this weekend, sure. to hop them. You know, one of the things you did say, though, Jared, I want to not push back, but clarify sure. or ask. San Diego State and Gonzaga, right? If you were San Diego State, would you rather be the one in, like, the Midwest mm. or the two-seed in the West, Jared? Because, you Great know, if, if, if they both went out, right? If they both went out, you still got to figure Gonzaga will be higher on the on the line, right? When they rank them one through 68, I guess, right? I do agree with and that. And so they get to stay home, right? So then if you're San Diego State, if you're the one, you'd be the one in, like, the Midwest or in Which the is, South, Yeah, right? the South plays in Houston. So the, West, exactly. the, so the regionals are... Yeah, the regionals are the Garden for the East, which, oh, please put yep. Duke and Penn State in that region. Awesome, yeah, right? it's going to be we unbelievable. We should just be standing outside. <laughs> we should just be standing outside doing remote hits. Jared, can we, we get the credentials, Cardano? Can we? The NCAA, do they, don't, they don't really like us too much, right? We do a segment called Fade the Public. We just stand outside and get picks. And then we're like, nah, 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 we're fading you. Oh, I love it. And we see how we do. 
All right, we're going to we're going to come back. We're 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 going to wrap up the college game from last night. We got to talk about the best team in the Big East right now and it's Dane's pick to click. It's the Creighton Blue Jays. That's next on the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, the early line continues here on Wednesday morning. Jarrett Smith, Dane Martinez, bringing you all the hot takes, cold takes. I don't know, whatever you want to call them, Dane. Lukewarm. Lukewarm this morning. You know who wasn't lukewarm last night? That was the Creighton Blue Jays. And I'll tell you what. I'm telling you. Yeah. (laughs) Dougie McBucket's senior, the father McDermott, they've got a little bit of juice right now going in in the Big East. And, you know, they're right on the yeah. heels of Seton Hall. They're a game back of the Pirates for first place in that conference, and they are cruising right now. They went in the Marquette. They got a huge win. Uh, give me your overall thoughts on Creighton because right now it's 60-1. to 1. There's a little bit of nibble room there. I, 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 would, I, I might get to the window with them to win the title. To win it all? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Get to the okay, final I mean, four at 60-1, is- to 1, then we'll talk. Right, so yeah, yeah. Then I'll hedge it. Then I'll yeah, cash exactly. out. I'll do all. Yeah, it's all good to get these positions early. Mm, yes. Listen, I I like talking about Jared. I like what you're talking about. I told you I think the Big East is a solid conference. I like you know that they are those five teams, right? Nova, Marquette, mm-hmm. uh, you know Butler, Seton Hall, and these Creighton Blue Jays have been good all year long, and I think. The way we've been talking about it so far this year, Jared, is again, when there is no dominant team, you don't have Calipari with an A unit and a B unit that's all going to go to the damn NBA, right? I believe that, and we've talked about this, this this kind of middle group of almost like 30 or 40 teams, right, are all live. Okay, and so what this means for me is when we get into March, you know, not the very first two days, but that first weekend, Jared, when you have like three versus six, two versus seven, right? That's where I think we're going to see a lot of upsets. My Sweet 16 is going to be filled with teams like the Creighton Blue Jays, okay? I like they're shooting well, okay? They can play some defense, and I just think they're they're getting hot at the right time. Whereas Seton Hall, who you mentioned, I think they've lost like two or three in a yep. row. Don't get me wrong. I love Miles Powell, okay? I think he's the best player in the conference. All right. But this team, Creighton, they are getting hot and they are the kind of team that can go under the radar and actually do some damage. Let me ask you about this, Joe. Um, mm. Jared. We know that uh, the sports books, right, the, the lines they hang, the totals they hang are not what they think is going to happen. Sure. Right? It is what they think will generate even money on both sides. Absolutely. This is something Joe and I have been talking about in college, um, and I want to get your take on it. Now with different states, right, Mm. legalizing sports betting, you know what I mean? Um, The marketplace is different. The marketplace in New Jersey is going to look different than the marketplace in Nevada, right? And especially in college where it's so regional, right? Like us here on the East Coast, 
we don't see San Diego State nope. at all, right? We don't see Gonzaga much, right? And then out there on the West Coast, they don't see schools like Creighton or Seton Hall very much, right? So I wonder, I saw you were out in Vegas. Do you think yeah. when you're out in Vegas, you can get an inflated line that will help the East Coast teams and vice versa? Like, am I going to get am I going to get a better number on San Diego State out here in Jersey than I would in Nevada and vice versa? And are there opportunities there to get slight edges, um, maybe a point, maybe 15 cents yeah. because of the regional bias of college? Yes and no. I'll say yes to okay, the talk- teams that are highly regionalized, and that's like a team like Stanford or a team like Nevada, okay. who actually does get a lot of action uh, at the Nevada books. You will see that okay. line in Vegas be different than the line here. The thing that I noticed the most when I was out there this week, and I was looking, I, was, I walked into every book on the strip because I was, was curious. Was I was shopping. shopping. Yeah. Window shopping. That's what it's called. Yeah. And, and I noticed that the favorites are slightly shorter favorites out there. And I mean that really? in the, yeah. So, like, Kansas was 7-1 to one at pretty much every book. And they're 9-10-1 to one, uh, here on the East Coast at uh, FanDuel yep. and DraftKings. So, yep. uh, and, and to me, that's, that's the most intriguing part because the books in Vegas are the sharp, they're the sharper books. The books in Jersey is a lot of public action, a lot of Jersey, you know, locals that have never really gambled before and they're just starting to get into it. And that's what and, I'm saying. Yeah. And they're certainly not watching San Diego State. They no. don't know. Absolutely not. Right? Absolutely not. So a lot, a team like San Diego State might be getting a few more cents. I didn't actually, actually, that was one of the teams I didn't examine as closely as I should have with San Diego State. I, I looked at the big boys: Baylor, Kansas, Gonzaga were all seven, eight to one. So that's about twenty. That's about two yeah. bucks cheaper than what we're seeing right now on Fanduel. Sure. And 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 I think and that's I by design. You know, like are they putting out longer odds on, say, a school like Seton Hall? Out yes. There out west. Because you know we can't I mean? even bet and on maybe, Seton Hall like, here. And, and so, yes, so, so, you know, so, so we, you know, I think the key is if you are shopping at a Jersey book, there are a couple of them that are known to, and I think bet three, six, five is a really good one as well. That's a sharper one. That's here in New Jersey. Now. So you've got the big three bet three, six, five DraftKings, FanDuel. of the three of those, you should have accounts at all three. I mean, you really should. And right. you know, you know, we do sponsorships for all of them, you know, throw, throw points bet into the, into the mix as well. Uh, you know, those are four really Public books. Options are a beautiful thing. Aaron. They, Options are it's a beautiful capitalism. Thing. It's capitalism, and I think that's the future and of that's this market. Why? Absolutely, and that's why you see these new books in Jersey also offering weird, like yeah. bad karma payback. Yeah. You know, and they're fighting that for, like, for like, market they, share right now. It's, they're competing. It's advertising, yeah. okay? They compete for your gambling dollar, right? So if you have a little, oh, oh, we'll pay out both sides of the Mahomes rushing prop bet in the Super Bowl. Right. Oh, we'll pay out Giannis and Harden as your MVP in the NBA last year. Yeah. Right. That's like, ooh, maybe I'll then get an account at that book. Right. Because there's a chance of some kind of payback. Yeah. They are competing for your dollar. And and that kind of cap, like you said, capitalism options. That's a beautiful thing for us. I was just wondering, you know, if there's that West Coast bias. There is West a little Coast bit. Teams. There was a little bit in the Super Bowl, too, I heard. I heard the Super Bowl lines were shaded towards yeah. the Niners a little bit out West. Right. You know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the the you know the advertising and all that that we you know because we you know we do it as well and 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 pretty much you know you can't turn on a sports game today and not see a FanDuel or DraftKings ad, like you just can't. It's everywhere, and you know they're losing money hand over fist, giving out money to the us. 
to put us to put them on their networks. So, but that's just what that's just the marketplace. That's the business now, where it's like the Wild West in in a sense. It's the opposite. You know, the Wild West is pretty established. Sin City is very established. You can't go anywhere and 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 create your own market share if you're a new sports book in Vegas. It is it is set it, here in the East. Right. It's, you know, exactly. It's like the gold rush. People are coming out here with new books, with new promos. Points bets on the cutting edge of it because they're doing the, the you know, how they kind of handle their lines where if you can bet more and they win by more, you win more money, but you can also lose more money if they lose by more. You know, that I liken right. that to the, to the financial markets. It's, it's unique. Everyone has their own spin on it. And what it's doing, it's creating that capitalism, that competition for your money. And everyone's a different gambler. Everyone's a different type of player. And they've really got a, right. you know, something for everybody, basically. Absolutely. I mean, the moral of the story here is do like you just did, Jared, and go window shopping. Exactly. Shop around. You should have these accounts everywhere. And, it's in, you know, Jared, if you're betting 20 bucks on a game, the difference between, you know, plus 120 and plus 125 is not that much. Agreed. Right? But if you're betting instead of 20 bucks, if you're betting 2,000 bucks, all of a sudden that really changes. Oh, yeah. You know, and also – you know what's also funny about this Creighton-Marquette game? You could have bet it live and gotten plus money on both sides. Okay? Absolutely. If you had bet, if you had bet Creighton um, pregame, okay, and then – because you got them at the plus number, right? And then later on, and you would say, hey, Dane, why would you do that? Creighton wound up winning. But you know what I want to do? I want to lock in a win and keep it moving. <laughs> you know, and if I could do that, there was times where you could have gotten, you know, Creighton, at, you know, say plus 140. And then later on in that game, got Marquette at plus 140. And you know what that equals? Win. Yeah. All right. So also Absolutely. watch these things live. You get it on either side, especially uh, that's what we were talking about earlier, uh, Jared, getting the Creighton at 60 to one. Right. Getting that starting position with the plus number. Right. Then you also are set up live that if it switches, you might be able to get both sides. Yeah. And speaking of Creighton, you know, I, I do want to go back to them because I do think that they're the yeah. team right now that's worth mentioning in the Big East. I think Nova has the pedigree right. and the coach. Right. But I think Creighton has a bit of the it factor this year, and we saw it last year with oh, Texas man. Tech. I, I, I liken them a lot. They're like the anti-Texas Tech. They are so good offensively, Creighton, and they're so efficient. And Tyshawn Alexander really should are. win Big East Player of the Year. Uh, defensively is where they struggle, and that's where I'm going to struggle to really get to the window with them game by game, especially if they're favored in a tournament game because they don't defend a- at the level that you would want to see. And after the break, I, that really? yeah, it's it's tough. After the break, I want to do a segment on teams that defend and play offense well. And to me, those are the best teams to bet on in the co- in the in you know the conference tournaments and also in the NCAA tournament. Creighton's not necessarily one of them, but what Creighton does so well is they're really good at identifying, and that's because McDermott's such a great coach. They're really good at identifying what the other team does well and try to take that away. They're not a great long. They're not yeah. an athletic team defensively. They're not one of those Baylor teams that's going to get up in you. But they're very well coached. And what they did last night to Marcus Howard, who's the leading scorer in the nation, is they completely shut him down. I mean, he scored gotcha. scored 13 points. This 13. guy's averaging 28 Only a game. Only four of 14 from the field, yeah. Huge. And so, so he, and, and he had an off night. That sounds like the Patriots, right? Yes, You take exactly. them away, you try to make them play left-handed. Um, my question, though, Jared, is will they be able to do that with a quick turnaround time in a tournament setting? Great question. And, and to me, that's where Creighton will struggle the most. They don't get up in you. 
Like they're 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 not one of those defensive teams. Like they're a little more passive defensively, where they'll let you kind of dictate. All right, this is what we want to do, and then later in the game, all right, how we do, how do we take that away? And so that's how they're gonna put. But I'll tell you what, though, this is a top five offense in the country, and the reason is not because they have star power, because they're just so efficient. They're a top okay. twenty team, not only in offensive efficiency, but in field goal percentages. So they not only and by when I say offensive efficiency. Points scored per 100 possessions. Not one game, not 40 minutes. 100 possessions. That's how we grade teams in March. Apples to apples. Absolutely. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about defensive efficiency. There's two teams that you might not expect leading the charge in this that are going to be big-time factors in March. Get your notes out. The early line returns after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, the early line continues here on this Wednesday morning. Jarrett Smith, Dane Martinez, bringing you all the hot takes, cold takes. We're calling them lukewarm takes this morning. Whatever we want to call them, Dane, we're spitting it this morning, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Of course. Uh, we've got, listen, you've got to wake people up. We are people's morning coffee. I mean, I could use, I, I've got my latte, but I could certainly use another one. Uh, I've got three more hours of this afterwards. <laughs> um, all right, so yeoman's we, work. yeah, yeoman's it's work. yeoman's work. <laughs> this is weird for me, too, because usually I'm the night guy. So, you know, I had to switch up the sleeping schedule a little bit. I took a long nap yesterday, and I kind of broke up my sleep oh, into like, like two. player. Exactly. Like, it was like two like different segments. Player, a little nap during the day. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good nap. Um, all right. Speaking of sleepers. There's a couple of them I think we need to talk about for this college, uh, you know, college landscape that's really a, a very unique landscape this year because we don't really yeah. know what the big teams are, and there's a few teams that I think are, are right there who maybe have the pedigree, but you've maybe dismissed them. And the first one is a team that you normally never dismiss, but they've been dismissed a bit this year, and that's Duke. And, and Duke is one of only four teams in the country that are ranked in the top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And that, to me, is, that's, that's the buzzer that goes off. That, and we're not talking about the Astros buzzer. That's, the, that's the, you know, the red light buzzer that goes off that says, wow, I need to take this team seriously. And the reason I say that, if you look at the Final Four last year, the winning team, Virginia, was second and fifth in those categories. Final Four, Michigan State, fifth and ninth. Auburn, not Texas great Tech. defensively, but 6th and 36th. And then Texas Tech, the best defense and the 25th best offense. So there's something to be said about being in the top 40. All four Final Four teams were top 40 in these categories. Creighton's not a top 40 team. Gonzaga's not a top 40 team. So, you know, they're on the outside of that defensively. Defensively, defensively, right? defensively. Offensively, they're the best, number one. But the balance, to me, is the key. So those four teams, Kansas is one. They're 10 and 2. Duke is another seven and seven, San Diego State eight and six, and Penn State somehow nineteenth and twentieth. And I, I when when I saw that I was like, wow, Penn State top twenty, 
in mm. both offense and defensive efficiency. So I, I, even though the loss last night hurts, I'm not writing off the Nittany Lions just yet. But I want to talk about Duke because Duke, to me, is yeah. a team that beginning of the season, they're, they're Duke. They had the number one ranking. Then they lost Stephen F. Austin. They lost the number one ranking. They had a couple right. of rough games. But now they're starting to figure things out. And this is a team yeah. with Vernon Carey in the middle – and I'll tell you what, the guards are very underrated. Trey Jones is very good. Cassius Stanley, the freshman, yeah. is starting to really figure things out as well. Basically, at this point in the year, you're not a freshman anymore. Duke is an intriguing case. They've won seven in a row. They're coming off that crazy win against North Carolina. They beat Florida State pretty right. handily. And then they absolutely trounced Notre Dame the other night. The rest of their schedule is pretty weak down the stretch. The ACC's bad. They should run through the ACC tournament, maybe play Florida State in the title game. I think Duke is a legit – or Louisville. Yeah, Louisville has their own problems to work out as well. They had a rough game the other night against Clemson. But but Duke, to me, is a team, because of their balance, Dane, we we need to really start taking the Blue Devils seriously right now. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. I like when you're talking about how they have the offense and the defense. Like, that's a great indicator. You know the other indicator here, though? Jared, especially in a year where we don't know if the cream is where it's coming from. It's coaching, Jared. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, when you talk Kansas, you got Bill Self. When you talk Duke, there's Coach K, right? I wonder when the chips are down, when these teams face adversity, coaching is going to have to come into it as well, as well as the level of competition. When you mentioned San Diego State, you were talking about them earlier, and I knew my retort back to you was going to be like, great, they're top 10 offense, defense, but against what level of competition? Right. At least with Duke and Kansas and even Penn State, they're doing that against power five kind of competition. Right. So, I, you know, for me, Dayton, the Aztecs, they are still unknown to me because they look great. Obi Toppin. Sure. But against who? Exactly, right? I know what Duke is doing this against. I know what Kansas is doing this against. I know what Penn State is doing this against. You know, these guys are also, you know, Duke is like three and one against top 25 teams as well. And in this kind of year, I'm going to want a team that has the experience of tight games, has the experience of having to make the adjustments, like you said, and that comes into coaching. So the only thing is I I, I just don't want to have Duke. I want to. I know. I know. Nobody. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. Nobody wants to get with Duke, but those indicators are there. And in a year where, you know, a lot of uh, the Blue Bloods aren't putting their best foot forward, eh, I guess you make a good point. So San Diego State's the other team that I we, we, yeah, we have to, to talk them. about. So San Diego State is one of those teams that you're right. I would say when we get to the opening round of the tournament, March 16th, I don't know, whenever it is, there's going to be probably – Nine out of ten people watching the tournament that have never watched one second of a San Diego State game this year. And that is an advantage for me. That, to me, for a college basketball junkie, handicapper, gambler, whatever you want to call me, that is the edge. I know what I'm getting with San Diego State. I've been watching their Mountain West games. I watched them blow out Creighton by 30. Dane, they blew out Creighton by 30. And now we're talking about Creighton, right? Yeah, neutral court, but... They beat Iowa handily by 10. They went on the road to BYU in Provo and won by five. So they've had some games this year that, you know, obviously the Mountain West is really down this year. New Mexico's bad. Utah State's down. Boise State's down. You know, these are teams that historically are tournament teams that are not having great years. So 
I, I agree with your overall take of, yes, San Diego State has not done it against that elite-level competition. But when they have played up, they've played against three major teams. They also beat Colorado State, who's had a really good year by 22 on the road in Fort Collins. So they've had some games this year that you're like, hmm, okay. Malachi Flynn is the best player in the country no one's ever heard of. I liken him to Lamar Stevens mm-hmm. in terms of no one no one knows who this guy is. Or general. Yeah, he right. does it all, and he's a junior. He's an upperclassman. He's done it before. He's, he's been to the term. Yep. Exactly. Yanni Wetzel is another guy. We're not talking about Scott Wetzel. We're talking about Yanni Wetzel is yeah. another guy that, that can really break the game open. Is Yanni wearing new balances on the court? No, but he's a 6'10 senior, and he can fly up and down the floor. So this is a team, and again, we talked about the balance. And this is why I love San Diego yeah. State. These Aztec teams of the past, the Kawhi Leonard teams, they were great defensively, but they just couldn't mm-hmm. score. That's not the case anymore. And the reason that I love San Diego State, top 10 offensive efficiency, bottom 50 tempo. So to me, what that tells me is they make the most. So the adjusted tempo is how many possessions you get per 40 minutes. And the adjusted efficiency is how many points you score per 100 possessions. So to me, that means if their tempo is so low, it's ranked 327th out of 360, I think 363 right. NCAA tournament teams. So their tempo is is dirt slow, but their offensive efficiency is through the roof. That tells me they maximize, mm-hmm. they get every drop of juice out of every possession that they have. And to me, that's how you win games in March. No wasted possessions turnovers, and just controlling the pace of play. San Diego State does it on both sides of the floor. I'm telling you, I think I'm going to get to the window. I'm seeing 20-1. to 1. I, I, I'm going to wait because I, I want them to get through the regular season undefeated first. If they get through right. the regular season undefeated, no late slip-ups, no you know funny business, that'll lock them into the number one seed. It doesn't matter what happens in the conference tournament. The committee has proven in years past that if you go undefeated in the regular season and you're, yeah, you know, Joe's. exactly. Yeah. And, and St. Joe's lost in the conference tournament that year. And they were still a number one seed. Once they get through the regular season undefeated, I'm getting into the window at San Diego state 20 to one. This is a team that nobody knows about. Nobody even has any yeah. idea how good they are, Dane, but they are really good. So, I hear you. Here would be, here would be my devil's advocate. Sure. All right, Jared. First of all, when you're talking about how you know they were able to beat Iowa, they were able to win these you know uh, BYU these random games. That sounds a lot like University of Central Florida in football to me, right? Like, did they have the one-off win? Can they on any given game stand up toe-to-toe with one of the Power Five teams? Yes, and I'm sure San Diego State can as well. My question is, can they do it six times in a row? Sure. You know, and that's what I don't know about, right? Can they, on, a, in, on any given Thursday, make it happen? I'll say, sure. But I don't know if they have the pedigree to go through kind of the gauntlet of the tournament. The other thing you mentioned with their pace of play and efficiency, I think that's awesome, Jared. The only problem for me is that gives them a little, like, not a lot of margin for error. I agree with right? that. They're very, very efficient, yeah? But if they're going to be a slow-paced and kind of try to, you know, take the air out of the ball, then when you're in a tournament setting, then when you're against one of these other Power 5 teams, you're not putting people away. You're not blowing people out. You're not keeping your foot on the gas pedal, right? And so then when you're in a nip-and-tuck game, you need to be efficient, 
And I don't know if that happens six times in a row. I want to get to the window on San Diego State because I think you're right. I think the public doesn't know. I think you may get good value, but I ultimately don't know. I feel like they're going to be like that old VCU team that like gets to the Elite Eight or the Final Four, but doesn't ultimately get yeah. the job done and cut down the net. I'm fascinated to see their first game against the because they're they're gonna beat they're gonna win their one sixteen game I think they're gonna win their one eight game or one nine game sure I, I I'm yeah, fascinated yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm fascinated when they get to that one four game when they really mm-hmm. then get to that level and to me and so this Jared, is why who you take it San Diego State or Creighton if they played today San Diego State they already beat them by thirty. <laughs> I have to. I mean, right. I have to, especially on a neutral court. But again, I, I want to see the matchups too, and this is why I might actually wait to the to selection Sunday because I want to see what they're what if they do. Do they put them out west? Are they in the two? Are they playing that? Are, are they playing that regional final against Gonzaga in LA, a hundred miles from San Diego? Uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk a little NFL. Tua Tagliavoa. Where's he gonna play next year? We got some odds about it next on the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. tell you what this is why i love working at this network so we think we've got it all figured out we come on here we've got our picks we've got our bets we've got our strategies dan and i just did a segment about san diego state and i was convinced that i was going to wait until the regular season ended because that's when i thought i was the lock to get the number one seed but we just talked it out not only on the show but also during the break and based on what we said I'm waiting now till Selection Sunday, and I don't care if I lose value because I, I agree with everything Dane said on it. it First team like San Diego State because they haven't proven it yet. The matchups are more important than the seed. I would rather them be the two in the West if that means they've got a better team facing on the other side of that region. So if you're if you haven't bet if you haven't bet San Diego State yet, you want to bet San Diego State. I think it makes sense to wait until the bracket is released so you can get a clear picture of who they're facing and what they've got in front of them, and where they're going to play, because that regional game in are. L.A. Where they are. Huge. Yeah. I, absolutely, Jared. You know, for me, especially for a team like San Diego State, right? They're in L.A., right? They're going to be the darling, okay? They're going to have they're, they're going to travel well to L.A. Not to the Garden, they won't. No. You know what I mean? And so if they're the one here in the East, or maybe Duke would be, but regardless, if sure. they're the one out East, they, they're going to be, you know, they're not going to have – their full support, right? Even as the two in the West. So I think you're right, Jared. The idea of where they're playing for a small school like San Diego State mm-hmm. or even a, a team like Dayton, let's say, I think that's going to matter more than their opponent, especially when we said, you know, there's such parity, right? If you look at the top 25 teams, what, 10 through 25, you know, are kind of at the same level. So yeah. I almost don't care if it's the three, the four, the five that I'm playing in that weekend. Or, But to me, it matters more to be closer to home. But, Jared, that's what we're here for, right? Yes. We help each other out. You sharpen my opinions. I sharpen yours. It's almost like we should go on The Bachelor together and become a syndicate and put in, <laughs> oh, I don't know, about 300 lineups. 
I'll tell you what, the batch. I know I've seen a lot of Twitter takes on the Bachelor the last few days. I I, I almost like it, it. I don't watch the show, but I always know when it's on because my Twitter it's just it's just flooded. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. But I don't okay, know what it is. What is the difference in sports and Bachelor? There's like a marriage there. Sports and the Bachelor. Uh, they've had some former athletes. They've had okay. a number of former athletes, I think, on The Bachelor. But what I'm talking about is the winner and her, his <laughs> wife or whatever. That yeah, they put in all the, the DraftKings lineups. lineups. Right? Ugh, you and I, you and I will get Ariel up in here. We'll become a conglomerate ourselves and we'll work it out. So when we do March Madness, right, and I'm sure we'll do something here with the network. If you're a devout listener or fan, we'll find a way to get you engaged, get you part of it. See if you can outpick people like Jared, like me, like Woo! Gabe. But what I think we should do, Jared, we got to put all our minds together and come out with like the Uber you know, bracket, 10 different brackets. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, and cover the all our bases. Bracket. How many brackets do you do? Like, I, you know, that's a good, that's like, a really a good question. Are you a actually. single bracket guy? So are you a single bracket guy? I, or are you a I, I'm, bracket a, guy? I'm a two bracket guy, but never in the same pool. Really? Never in the same pool, though. I, only, I like to have really? one bracket in each pool. And I'll, I have two or three. I actually have three pools that I consistently am in. I hope we add a fourth this okay. year with Sports Grid. And uh, single entry on all of them. I, I'll go two and two. I'll go two and two. I like to have a bizarro world and then like my normal world. Right. It's like, and everyone's right. brain is differently. Some people like to do a million of them. I do think it waters it down if you do too many. Just like I don't like having too many yeah. fantasy football teams. It's just like too much. I mean, you just talk to a guy who had nine fantasy football teams this year. It's hard. It's hard to keep track. You're rooting for one oh, no. thing. And then the other thing happens, you're like, oh, no exactly, exactly. It's I'm very hard. against the same play. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm also a two-bracket kind of guy, okay. Jared. And the way I do it. That's why I like you. I, when I'm filling it out, when I'm filling it out the first time, I do what I truly believe, right? Yes, But exactly. then I, like, star those ones where I'm kind of on the fence. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. You know? exactly and if, like, in a region. In a region, right? Let's say if I'm like, oh, I like these two teams to get out. I make sure that they're ultimately my final four, yep. and then I work backward almost, mm-hmm. and I know the ones that I'm on the fence on, and I try to split it up. So inevitably, after that first weekend, in one of them, I'll have like 13 of the Sweet 16, yeah. and the other one, I'll have like seven. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, to me, that's a good strategy because I think – I, I think if you spread like yourself hedging, right? too thin, yeah, it's like a it's liking to a hedge. If you spread your because really, you your odds of winning one of those bracket pools, it's all about your final four. The others don't matter yeah. as much. So you 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 kick your final and and to me that's the best way to pick a bracket. I don't pick a bracket from the first round over. I take my I pick yeah, I my final four and then I work backwards. Yep. That's exactly how I yep. do it because. You need to make sure that those teams are right. I've won pool. I the one time I won a pool, the one time I won a bracket pool once, and it was the oh who, oh it was the Kansas Memphis game. Who hit the shot? The three pointer okay. sent it. Chambers or Chambers Chalmers Mario Chalmers Mario, yeah. Mario Chalmers hit the three pointer for Kansas to send it in overtime against Memphis. I had Kansas over Memphis in that game. Nothing else was right. Everything else was wrong. The final right. four was wrong, but right. Kansas over Memphis was right, and that's what got me there. And and that's that's so, why you just pick your final four right, and the rest does not matter. Just have fun with it. Talk about regionalism. I got a family member out in Oregon, okay, and she calls me up every year to help fill out the brackets, right? She's got West Coast bias, okay? So I'm always, and I went to Syracuse, Jared, sure. okay? So the year of Carmelo Anthony, I was picking Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Okay? Out there in Oregon, none of them were picking Syracuse, Syracuse. So I got, you know. 
it was inefficient for them, and so I dominated there. That's the awesome. other thing I'll do, working backwards, I don't know, let's say, let's see if we're truly simpatico, okay. Jared. Working backwards, I know, for example, let's say I've got a a six seed that I know I want to win two games. That's where I'm going to pick the upset on the other side. Yes, yes, I, yes. Because I know they're going to to someone that I like anyway, right? Exactly. So for me, I'll just take those upsets because it's only a one-game proposition yep. for me. And it and doesn't matter. The first down. round doesn't matter. It, I, and, it, unless exactly. you're in one of those bracket pools where they give you bonus for upsets, which is, a, which is a cool concept, and I do like that concept, but unless you're in one of those bracket pools, your first-round games are totally meaningless. Like, 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 let's be real. If you go 16 out of 32 or 32 out of 32 – it has very little impact on you winning the championship. Matter because seven of the eight will eight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's it, where it comes down. Yeah, exactly. So yes, if I think a six, like let's say Creighton's a six seed, which they won't be, and I have them in they the Sweet be, Sixteen, I, I will pick right. in that three fourteen game. I'll I'll, I'll take a really hard what look at do? the fourteen seed, right? Because it, I have the three seed losing anyways, and it gives you an extra. And if you you know if you get a couple of those right then you're ahead of the curve because those are not the teams that other people are picking. So it almost is a double-edged sword. Like, if everybody's going to pick the three over the 14. So if you pick the 14 and get it wrong, yeah, it might hurt you in that first and second round matchup. But as long as that three seed doesn't go to the final four, it's probably not going to have an impact on you winning or losing. And you're already heavy on the six seed in that little mini region exactly. bracket anyway. So that that's where you have the opportunity that's almost like less risk to you mm -hmm. and your sheet uh, if you get banged by picking, like you said, uh, a 13 over a 4 or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's, and that that's holds funny. True later on also, that holds true later on also. If there's a 4 seed that we yeah. really like, Jared, be the one. that might be the 8 I take over the 1 exactly. in the second round, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's that strat – and to me, you know – a lot of people that do the brackets have not watched one second of college basketball all year, so they really go by the numbers. And that's why when I do a bracket that's in a big pool, a lot of people, I will always go contrarian in every spot I can. Because, yeah, it might not happen, but the only way you're going to win is if you – and it goes back to DFS. You've got to find the one guy that no one else took that goes off. Like, that's how you win a DFS pool. Absolutely. That's the analogy. You know, you know, you know, there's going to be a 12 that beats a five. You know, there's going to be a crazy upset. You just got to get the right one. Yeah. Picking out favorite. Well, it ain't going to happen. No. Just like you said, in a DS lineup, you have to get the punt play right. OK, and that in these big tournaments, that's what it comes down to. You didn't do something at your job and there's 12 people entered or something like that. Fine, but as as the tournament yeah. gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you have to nail that one contrarian nugget to get yourself ahead of the curve. Texas Tech was the one last year. Not a lot of people had Texas yep. Tech in the Final Four. Michigan State, a lot of people had them. Virginia was the number one overall seed. A lot of people, although that being said, based on what happened the previous year with UMBC, a lot of people had Virginia going out early. So uh, Virginia actually, ironically, was a very sneaky contrarian play as a number one seed last year to win it all. And the people who had Virginia winning it all probably won their pool, regardless of what else they had. If you had Virginia and Texas Tech in the Final Four, you definitely won your pool uh, last year. Michigan State, Auburn was also the sleeper, but uh, I think they were a higher seed than, than, than expected. I think they were a so three seed last year or a four Black. seed. Let's do the conglomerate bracket together, Jared. I love it, man. We're gonna—I know we're gonna—we're gonna have a sports grid uh, bracket pool, right? That's—that's that's a thing. We'll make right? it happen. I'm—I'm uh, 
I'm working on something. Yes, okay. we're going to make something like that happen, and we'll find a way for guys like Bob and Vermont to get down with us. And that's the coolest thing about it, and that's what I really – and, you know, we, we, we were going to go a different direction in this segment, but let's just finish it out with College Troops because it's been a really – we've been, we've been rolling right through with this. I, I think the bracket <laughs> pool is probably my favorite of all the office pools, of all the fantasy footballs and the, and the pick'ems and the leagues because I think the bracket pool brings the most people together. Because it's the most yeah. public, you know, everybody gets into it. Everyone's got a bracket. It's all torn up after the first day. The Super Bowl box pool. Yeah, the Super Bowl box pool is cool, but it's, it's, the Super Bowl box pool is also very random. You don't really pick your, bo- you, you know, you don't get to pick your numbers. I buy that. I buy that. Um, one thing I'll also say, and then because I know we're going to get off college basketball. Wow, Jared, I, I don't know if you've heard this from me. The first Thursday and Friday, I bet all 32 first half unders. Uh, uh, oh all yeah, 30. no no no, that that's a thing. I have heard that. Actually there's a there's a podcast I listen to that 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 he exclusively does that. I didn't know what I forgot what it was last year. I want to say it was probably slightly above 500. It, it was. I I did it last year. It went 16 15 and 1. There you go. Is what it went. So, and you know what? Hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, you 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 actually probably did come out on top as long as you didn't bet any crazy juices. You probably came out slightly Slightly, like a penny on top. They're in arenas that they're unfamiliar with, unfamiliar opponents, and 18-year-olds at the big stage, they get a little tight. I buy it. All right, we're going to come back. We are going to get to the NFL. We are going to get to Tua Tagliabailoa, and we're also going to get to baseball. We're going to preview the NL Central, and we're going to continue to unpack the Astros cheating scandal because everyone's talking about it. All right, we'll be back on the early line after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 